Hey, before we get started with this podcast, I just wanted to make sure that you know about mandarinblueprint.com slash resources. We have a wealth of free resources to help you achieve fluency, including ebooks, flashcards, newsletters, speaking and writing packs, quizzes to test your level, a study plan, and a checklist to make sure you're on track. And don't forget, we also feature interviews with top language learning experts to give you the latest tips and tricks to help you reach your goals. Just head over to mandarinblueprint.com slash resources to get started building your Mandarin Blueprint today. On with the show. Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 201. If you're new to this podcast, the first time you're listening, this is a question and answer podcast, primarily to respond to comments and emails we get from our subscribers and our Mandarin Blueprint members. So the first email we've got this week is from a longtime Mandarin Blueprint member, Gavia. Now, if you've been following our podcast for a while, you probably have heard her name come up. She sends these really detailed, really insightful uh, emails every now and then to uh, just update Phil and myself on her progress with the courses and with immersion, just with Chinese in general. So really cool stuff. Always happy to hear from her. I haven't actually read this email yet, but I just forwarded it straight to our podcast sort of message board and knowing that it's there's going to be some good stuff in there. So uh, let's jump in. This comes with a subject line, I need a dictionary to understand myself. Hi, Luke and Phil. I'm having one of my happy moments with Chinese here, and I wanted to share it with you. I'm just saying again things I have said before and that you have told us before, but today I once again see it more clearly than ever before. The last two months or so have been really tough and I gave up trying to speak at all. I have even had some very serious why, capital letters, (laughs) am I doing this and do I even want to go on moments? It all felt like the characters will never come to an end and everything is just so hard and I hate SRS, that's flashcards. Um, space repetition software. I hate SRS by now. I have given up on most of my ambitious plans and habits, and I have been doing just some daily characters and flashcards despite hating it and watching a series uh, with Chinese subtitles, mostly for entertainment now. I listen to some podcasts, but not nearly as much as I used to. I should, quote unquote, or want to, quote unquote, listen to. I even gave up on studying with my language buddies for a while, In a way, it has been the hardest, but also somehow the laziest two months in my Mandarin Blueprint path. Life has just been too much. And besides that, my language partner went back to China, so he is too busy to speak anyway. There's an eight hour time difference between us now. I do miss our calls, but in fact, it was also always quite stressful to speak since it feels so hard and now I got used to not speaking. He's coming back to Africa next week to a different continent as always, but we are closer in time zones again. So today, I was sort of thinking in my mind what I could tell him about the series I've been watching in Chinese because that's basically the only thing I've done during this time anyway. I'm not speaking out loud or writing anything or preparing formally, just thinking in my head while I'm out on a walk. The funny thing is that I caught myself needing a dictionary to understand myself. I mean, I would make up these sentences in my mind and all of a sudden start asking myself, wait a minute, what's that word? How do I know it? Does it fit into this sentence or does it even mean what I think it means? I have no idea how to translate that to any other language. So I actually went to check a number of my own words in Pleco to see if they even existed in Chinese or made any sense. It seemed like they did. I know much more Chinese than I know that I know. <laughs> so cool. Yes, I have these experiences a lot and it feels so cool. I, I'm fortunate. I, it's kind of annoying. I can't actually remember any specific examples now that I say that. 
uh, it happened the other day. It happened like a couple of days ago where I I want to I I say something for a very specific context, a, a specific situation, or trying to label something in Chinese, and I'll say something like, "Is that even a word?" I just said a word like a compound word, you know, with two characters in Chinese to describe something. And I'm like. I don't think that's a word. I think I just made that up. And then I'll go and check my dictionary and there it is. I'm like, wow, it's there, you know, but I don't even know it's there. And that's really good, by the way. That's a sign similar to dreaming in Chinese. It's one of those signs that you're doing really well in the language. You're you're immersing a lot because uh, that happens in your native language a lot, right? You're just like, where did I hear that word from? You know, it just, it just you, you have this big... Um, this uh, database in your brain that's just, you know, it, this, your subconscious is so much bigger than your conscious, you know. Um, I've had this experience when learning other languages before, and I know this is what happens when you just listen and read enough, absolutely. But I had not had the experience in Chinese yet. So happy. I need to run my sentences through the test of actually speaking. That's still a big step up uh, from where I am now, but I'm getting there. I also took a three-week break from shadowing, but maybe just relaxing has helped there too. Listening and shadowing have helped me a lot in hearing the pinyin of what's being said. I can now search for words on Pleco based on just what I hear because mostly I mostly get the pinyin right and then just look at the list of words that comes up to find the word that fits the sentence I heard. Tones are still very hard, but for the first time, I'm slowly starting to feel that just like the pinyin somehow focused, quote-unquote, and became much clearer with listening and shadowing, the same process is in progress in hearing tones, hopefully in producing them too. I'm not there yet, but I feel like it's happening. Yes, it certainly is. Relaxing and not trying to do too much difficult stuff has actually helped me. I didn't quit Chinese, quote unquote, but I sort of did quit trying. Pretty much completely quit thinking about studying Chinese at all while still doing my characters in SRS and just watching those series. Now I notice there's been this thought in the back of my mind for a long time that when I finished the characters, approximately up to 2,750 now, so she's almost done with the course, the, the Mandarin Blueprint Method course is 3,050 characters, and immerse a bit more, I will then at some point be at a level where I can study more systematically like with a tutor or study more seriously with my language buddies, actually start preparing for those calls and memorizing what I learn with them, do sentence mining and work with different SRS materials, somehow really, quote unquote, get started on this studying, quote unquote, thing. <laughs> when I finally reach a good basic level, I can then start practicing output. Today, I don't know how to explain this. Yes, I will practice output more, little by little, but today I can somehow see that I may never need to systematically study, as in try to think about or somehow get study grammar from sentences, memorize, etc. whatever you like to call the classroom kind of studying. Practicing output will not mean a struggle to form sentences or thinking. It will just happen when it is time. I'll get a lot of laughs at my mistakes together with my language buddies, but I'll get better with no need to think at all, just through going on doing it. And I'll just stop here to say that, think about what Gavi is saying here and think about how a child learns a language. Ch children learn languages fluently relatively very quickly. 
uh, because they get lots of input and they just live the language. They're not thinking, okay, I've just finished playing with my toy dinosaur. Now it is time to focus on reviewing my words that I learned yesterday. No, they just start talking to themselves. I'm watching my little boy, George, just talk to himself in English and Chinese all the time. He started really, like, call it uh, like uh, explosion development, language explosion development period, I guess, where he's he's really just, whenever he's around me, he's just English, English, English. He's just bad English, right? But he doesn't care. He's just saying things out loud to me, things that he saw in Winnie the Pooh or things that he's just looking at in his environment, uh, asking me random questions. He's just blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just coming out. Not because he scheduled it, right? But he's doing it because he's just doing it. He's just, it's what he wants to do. He wants to communicate with me. And, uh, you know, and he'll just be watching. Okay, he's really into Winnie the Pooh. And he's also into um, Loves Kung Fu Panda. And uh, one more, what's the other one? Of oh, um, Ponyo as well. He'll just be, Ponyo is like Chinese, but he'll just be repeating sentences over and over again because he's into the content and because he's like, oh, what's that? And he'll just repeat it over and over again every single time. So yeah, uh, I, what Gavia is doing is she's basically learning to play like a child, right? She's learning to enjoy the language and just follow what she wants. She's not like, I have to be regimented, even though I don't, Oh, you have to do characters, sorry. You have to do the characters. But, and really, in my opinion, you have to do SRS to review the characters because it's just the most efficient way to do it. But those are the building blocks. Once those are done, everything else is kind of your choice, right? Uh, and if you just play with the language and just when you get a five minutes here and there, you just consume it and then repeat it. Sometimes you shadow, sometimes you have a conversation, sometimes you don't do anything for two weeks. Sometimes you spend an entire month speaking for like 30 hours or something, an hour a day, every day. You do a sprint and that's really cool too. And then you take a rest and you go on holiday and you, you, know, you, you know, a language holiday and you don't do much again. And it's like these uh, ebbs and flows, you know, go with the flow, you know, and just go with what you feel. Uh, always do something, but basically just, yeah, follow your emotions, listen to how you feel. Don't try and fight against your emotions if you really don't like doing something. Uh, unless it's something, again, like characters that you have to do because um, you can't win that fight, really. So she continues, yes, I do want to be in touch with people who are willing to give me feedback and correct my mistakes strictly and regularly. I find that absolutely necessary, but I will not need tutors or anyone to tell me what to do and how to learn or what is the next sentence structure that I need to start using to take my level up or explain anything, whatever. I'm not good at expressing this. I think you're pretty good, Gavia, to be fair. Especially considering this is Gavia's, like, like English is not even her first language. I think it's like, maybe it's her second or third language. So you're doing amazing. Um, I think I, you probably actually express yourself more clearly than I could, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but I now know that I don't ever need to, quote unquote, systematically study like I thought I would at some point. It's just not necessary. One day I will just speak Chinese, understand Chinese, and when I keep using it little by little, I will just speak better and better, and the language alone and the native speakers I'm in touch with uh, will be my teachers. And you guys will be, will, and you guys will keep on being my coaches, always there encouraging all of us to just go on and say for the thousandth time, <laughs> the answer is more immersion. <laughs> yeah, we do do that. Because it's true. 
So yes, Mandarin Blueprint is doing precisely what you promised it would. It's taking me to that place where I can learn Chinese just by using Chinese. Nothing else needed. No tutors, classes, studying, nothing. Not during the course, but probably not after it either. Just you guys, the course, and having fun, immersing, and communicating with Chinese people. Yes, I've spent a lot of time with Chinese for the last three years, but none of it has been studying. And I am in Europe. There are no Chinese people in my life. It's all online only. But not too long from now, I will be in that place where I can learn Chinese by using Chinese, by using Chinese, and that's all there is to it. In fact, today, I feel that I have somehow been there all along. Speaking and communicating effortlessly is still more of a feeling of seeing the possibility rather than a reality yet. But let me tell you, looking at the future, the view from here is just breathtaking, all caps. <laughs> Thank you, guys, Gavia. Well, that just says it all, doesn't it? No need to comment any further on that. And, you know, if you guys are impressed by that and you haven't tried our courses yet, then go ahead and do that. <laughs> Visit mandarinblueprint.com and at least give it a try. We provide a 90-day guarantee with the blueprint, as we're now calling it. Um, that's all our courses together as a system we call the blueprint. So yeah, they really work. And uh, Gavia is just one of my favorite people. <laughs> hey folks, Bill here, and I wanted to quickly tell you about our free newsletter called Mandarin Insights. Luke and I both recognize that in a long-term project like learning Mandarin, there are a lot of emotional ups and downs. So we wanna make sure we're in touch with you every couple of weeks with something that's either educational, inspirational, motivational, or all three. So if you'd like to sign up for the Mandarin Insights newsletter to have it arrive in your inbox, you can do so by going to mandarinblueprint.com slash newsletter. And like I said, it's free and it always will be. There's also a link below in the description. Back to the show. I also got a message from Annette and she just um, asked me, could you talk about the character Chu or Chu uh, on the podcast or somehow in more detail, please. I'm quite confused with the meaning you have and what I see when I check Pleco, Yellow Bridge, and Baidu. I think I might not be the only one. I've read all the sentences the dictionaries provide and Baidu has a lot if you click for more sentences. I'm okay when it's a word with another character, except Zhichu, <laughs> which I cannot wrap my head around. So for example, 他为我们提供了安身之处, which is, as the best translation I can get is he provided us with a place to rest, with zhichu meaning place in this case. I'll get I'll get to that in just a sec. So I realize I can get how that would be confusing. It seems the okay, so and then she says some other stuff here um, that's related to that. Is it always used as a morpheme? Okay, so basically what you're looking at here, and just I'll just address this one specifically now. Zhi, right? Basically, just look at it as the in Chinese. It's like saying of, you know. So um, think of zhichu and chu here is. Like place. What this is, is like a formal way of saying the difa. So describing a kind of place. All right. So that should help you out. Whenever you see zhi, just replace it with de. It's like a formal version of that. So here are some um, different example sentences as well for chu. So when it's a third tone, it can mean a few different things. Um, here's an example sentence showing you that it means living or located in. Right? So we are living in a great historical area. So when you see it like before the character 在, 处在, it's going to be that third tone because it means it's a verb meaning to be located in or living in, right? And it also is used in 相处, 
Xiangchu is a is a compound word, of course, like to get along with. Right? We get along very well. And it can be shortened to just have that third tone, chu. Instead of xiang chu, it's just chu, right? And it means the same thing. It's like a more spoken way of saying it, or I guess a colloquial way. So, right? Those two, or those two get along really well. So, that's a really cool one. Uh, and then here's another one. This is really formal, really uncommon. You'll see it mainly written. Right? Sentenced somebody to two years imprisonment. So, right? So, in this in this case, is a verb meaning to sentence someone to a certain like. That's super rare, right? It's just by. I thought if I'm going to mention, I might as well mention all of them. Uh, there's another couple as well that are just super rare, but I didn't bother actually, so I didn't mention all of them. So I lied. <laughs> so then the fourth tone here, uh, when you see it as a fourth tone, it means an actual noun of like describing a location. Right, so including the zhuchu that we mentioned. So here's ting chu. You might see that in a in a car park. It's very written formal language, and yo xiang tong zhuchu, yo xiang tong zhuchu. Right, it's a tough one to say. Um, so uh, to bear a resemblance, have something in common. So in here, if you were speaking it, you would very rarely say zhuchu. Right, it's very it's more written or in a very formal situation. Uh, you would just say the difang, right? Right, there are places that are bear resemblance that are similar. So uh, but again it's chu with a fourth tone. And I'll be honest with you, this was a new one to me. Right? So it's a measure word for uh, activities or occurrences or in different places. So here it's saying, oh there are two misprints. So liang chu like Two, two measure word misprints. So that, that's that's the new one. I didn't actually know that one. But if I obviously saw that in context, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I'd see it and know exactly what it meant based on the context. You see what I mean? So yeah, chu or chu is a really interesting character. Thank you, Annette. And uh, she actually specifically requested that I talk about that on the podcast. And I think it's a really interesting one to talk about. So thanks for bringing that up. And I hope uh, you listeners out there or watchers also found it useful. Okay, next here is Brian on level 30 complete. He's completed phase four. Well done, Brian. He says, thought I'd check in. It's been a little more than 500 days since I started the pronunciation course. And I finally finished phase four, showing up every day, averaging around 30 minutes a day. Well, here's to another 500 days and then another 500 and so on and so forth. Thanks, Luke and Phil, for paving the road. And thank you to all the people who got here before me. And good luck to those who will eventually get here. Now I will ride on, on my tour of preference. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for the comment. And uh, yeah, Brian is, uh, has got the right idea. He's just, he's clearly a very busy person or Chinese doesn't take the highest priority in his life. He's got like work, family, etc. So he can only squeeze in 30 minutes a day, but he does it consistently, right? So that is absolutely vital, right? So even if, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people understandably, and I've done this myself, where he's like, oh, well, I don't have, I don't have an hour or two a day, so what's the point? I'll just not bother. So I did this with reading for many years. I was like, well, I don't have time to read, which is not true. It's just I didn't make the time. But I've got all this other stuff going on. I've got Chinese to learn. I can't be reading in English. That's going to ruin my Chinese immersion. So I'm just not going to do any reading for like years. <laughs> and like I barely read any books for it basically for like years. But now I have, I have started making it a priority in my life. And it was because of actually an Instagram profile that I just I went through and uh, he kept harping on 
um, using like memes and stuff. 10 minutes of reading a day is better than two hours of reading a month, you know, once a month or something like that. And it's so true. And that's really true with any sort of learning activity, not just reading or learning Chinese. Well done, Brian, for the consistency and the patience in doing that. And uh, clearly, uh, you're going to succeed at this. So well done. Next is Tim on uh, the language learning tripod. He says, thank you for being such encouraging, positive minded and kind instructors. Wow, thank you. Uh, you are making this course very enjoyable. This language learning tripod is just what I needed to hear to get me in the right headspace and has encouraged me to make my language learning time a priority and a daily habit. I've taken a brief course in Mandarin in the past and I've tried some apps, but those never got me excited to learn and I felt discouraged. Your program is doing the complete opposite. I am actually excited and determined to become a fluent Mandarin speaker. My husband is a native speaker and I'm excited to one day be able to speak confidently in Mandarin with him and perhaps even win over the approval of his mum who only speaks Mandarin and lives in China. Haha, -ha, onward, cheers. Yes, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well done, Tim. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be uh, very impressive once you achieve, a, you know, a, a decent level of fluency, which again, if you're consistent, that could be happening within six to 12 months for sure. All right. Um, awesome. So well done to you. Uh, and thank you so much for the, the compliments, man. Really appreciate it. I'd always like to in include a couple of these just to remind you guys that we do have a Mandarin Blueprint Challenge. So if you go check out our courses, you might, for some reason, not want to get started straight away. Um, maybe it, it's just too much of a leap for you to just dive in and purchase all of our courses in, in one go. We have what's called the Mandarin Blueprint Challenge, which is only $7 at the time of making this podcast. The price might go up at some point because it is crazy cheap. But for those $7, you get permanent access to the first 20 levels of the Mandarin Blueprint Method, which is just huge value. It's ridiculous value. So, and we don't say it's permanent, actually. It's kind of like a nice little surprise for you at the end, but I've just blown the surprise now. But um, we give you 15 days, and it's sort of assumed that that's 15, after 15 days, you lose access to the courses, right? Um, but just to reward you for watching the podcast, you get to learn the little secret that actually, for that $7, you get permanent access. Um, but we'll give you a daily email. It's really motivating, packed with information and inspiring quotes and things like that to push you through so that within those 15 days, you can go from zero to literacy, understanding Chinese sentences without pinyin or English by the end of those 15 days. It's pretty amazing. But you, if you don't make it, no, no big deal, right? You can just, you got permanent access. So you can go ahead and make your way through those levels in your own time. So the reason why I'm mentioning all this is because I've got a couple of comments here. One from Karen, who just says, insanity, with an ex exclamation mark. Um, and then Zaz, who says, learning Chinese is probably insane, but I've studied Japanese, so adding some more insanity will be good. Insanity, two exclamation marks. So what is this all about? Well, the 15-day challenge is the insanity challenge, because it takes minimum one hour a day of your time. Now, I know that most people don't have that or they're not prepared to invest that right away. So that's why we call it the insanity challenge. Um, but there's another challenge that, that I, it's called the memory challenge. That's it, where it's just get through th through the first six levels. That's it. So take it's more of a, a, a you know, a tortoise rather than the hare. Um, so if you guys are up for an insanity challenge, go to our website. You should be able to find it under the resources section. Uh, Mandarin Blueprint Challenge. Next is Evia. And she says, when I started struggling, I decided to follow the course blindly because I couldn't come to believe that it was created to make our lives difficult instead of give us joy. This is beautiful, by the way. Thank you so much, Evia, for saying this. Uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name, by the way. Um, 
yes, <laughs> follow the course blindly. Obviously, we don't say it that way, but we just say trust the process. It's how we say it. Um, but yeah, it, we've spent five years full time, both me and Phil, like building the course the way we did because we know it works and it, it's proven to work. Uh, so, so I'm so happy when I see this because so what what's, what Evie is doing here, she's helping someone out. Someone's having doubts, I believe, in the course. She's replying to their comment. She continues, so every time things seem challenging, I just reread the instructions because I strongly believe that the course was created to work. The biggest example of my struggles is when I got overwhelmed with the amount of flashcards that were building up, the sentences, and taking forever to finish. So I went back to the instructions that say, read and repeat as many times as you need to pronounce them fluently before going to the next flashcard. In a week's time, all my difficult difficulty to pronounce the cards became easy and now I can tick them off as done in a flash. Flash cards, flash, nice. My advice to my past self is always to trust the course. First, it will continue proving itself as efficient. Second, the sheer amount of deep thought and hard work that has gone into its creation. Thank you so much, Avir, for this. We really love to read this. Um, and it's it's true, you know. I mean, not, I'm not saying that everyone is going to love the course, no matter what. Um, but most of the time, the va vast majority of the time, almost all the time, when someone's like, "Sorry, this course is not for me," or "I'm not really feeling it," but you know, it's because they haven't they've missed the instructions, they've skipped over things, or they just haven't given it a real good shot, you know. Um, so thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Next is Meredith. She says, "I thought this was an interesting sentence." Menu niha. Uh, would this come across as catcalling or is it simply a complimentary way to greet a woman or does it perhaps depend on the context? If it's a young woman or younger than you, you know, a relatively young woman, I do not do this with someone that's like, oh, I mean, they might like it. I don't know. They might like, but generally, I would never do this to like a new shit, like someone that is like my mother's age <laughs> or even like anywhere near that. But yeah, this is fine. Like to say it to a young lady. It's kind of just sort of like, it's become, maybe it used to be something in the realm of catcalling, but now it's just a way of addressing young ladies. They'll probably like it actually, <laughs> okay? So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Next is Hector. He says, this is on the uh, language learning tripod again, which we kind of stole from Steve Kaufman, uh, but we told him that on our interview with him and he, didn't, he said he didn't mind. All of these tips are really great. I have learned two languages before starting with Chinese and everything you say in this video really works. So what we're talking about in the video specifically here is attentiveness, um, paying attention and trying to notice stuff. I absolutely agree on learning with the phonetic and proper pronunciation from the beginning because it's one of the keys to succeed and achieve great results. Yes, pronunciation must come first. For instance, when I learned my second language, English, I made the mistake of not paying attention in learning phonetics, and then it became a burden that slowed down my progress, especially when it came to listening and speaking. I had learned tons of vocabulary, advanced grammar, and structures of the language, but I was struggling a lot listening to native speakers in casual conversations, news, series, etc. Also, my lack of a proper foundation about phonetic and pronunciation was preventing me from improving my fluency in the spoken language. After almost two years, I finally realized that I should work seriously on phonetics, English reductions and pronunciation. And after I worked on that, I started to develop a significant progress in my listening and fluency. Awesome, thank you so much for that, Hector. That's you know, just another reminder to everyone listening, like yeah, pronunciation is vital. If you think you haven't mastered pronunciation, we have a, a complete guide on YouTube now. Um, and also uh, our pronunciation mastery course is another course of the four courses that make up the blueprint. 
Okay. And I will just say this point as well. I, ha, I remembered. So I was going to mention about the difference between fluent and uh, uh, articulate, right? So this is something that I've noticed just in my years with the language and maybe other seasoned language learners out there will probably uh, know what I'm talking about. I had a comment from someone um, on my pronunciation video on YouTube um, that seems to be doing very well at the moment. It's almost 100,000 views now, um, which is awesome. But there's a comment there that just stuck out to me. I thought, yeah, I'm going to mention another podcast because he's like, oh, your Chinese in the beginning, it's very um, written and it's not, it's, it's a bit too formal. And I remember thinking, um, I, I, cause I, I wrote that like script, I planned it. Obviously it was like written there and I was like planning on reading it. And, uh, I went over it quite a bit. There's a difference between written, like I, let me put it this way. I used to worry so much about sounding formal, you know, like, oh, is that spoken or is that formal? Is that word spoken or is that formal? There are some instances where, yes, like for example, what I mentioned about zhichu earlier instead of the defang, if you said zhichu, while you were talking, just in a conversation, it would sound really weird, okay? But there are, that's a minority. Like most of the situations of where it's like, oh, this is a formal word or whatever, or written only. Yes, there are some ones you should avoid and say the spoken version, but there's also a lot of situations where I realize that, hang on, that's not actually formal or written. It's just speaking well. It's just speaking with like nice, um, high level specific vocabulary, right? Um, so <clears throat> that's all I really wanted to say. It's just, I just noticed, uh, I, I just remember that I used to think a lot about that and, and worry about it. Um, but it's, it's, there's not that much to worry about in my opinion anymore. Um, just there's nothing wrong with speaking in a high level way. You know, like you wouldn't say, so for example, you like someone like Stephen Fry, you know, he uses lots of big words the way he talks. And it's not like you wouldn't say like, oh, he's speaking very written. He's speaking too formally. Nah, he's just, he just read a lot of books <laughs> and he speaks really well, you know. So anyway, I uh, just thought I'd mention that's my two cents on that. So let's move on to the, the final comment of today from Sue. Um, and this is within the Habit Building Bootcamp. This is like nice. We've sort of stopped by all of the courses, basically, from the blueprint, the four courses that make it up. And Sue says, on the Habit Building Bootcamp course, uh, thanks, guys. As you probably know, I stopped about two years ago after getting stuck on pronunciation and character recognition. This has really helped me put things into perspective and to stop being so hard on myself. I'm going to start from the beginning with a fresh outlook and keep learning in short but consistent bursts. Again, it's that point of consistency. So in this video, we mentioned a lot of things. It's like almost an hour long, this video, Phil and I, talking about different habit stuff. Um, but one of the things that we mentioned there is the idea of building roots. Like, so a lot of the time, like this is kind of similar to what Gavio was saying. It's like, just keep at it, keep at it, right? And when you feel like you're not making progress, quote, quote unquote, you kind of are, as long as you're immersing and you're learning characters and you're, um, you're, you're practicing speaking, if you're doing those things, you're building understanding, getting messages, or you're activating the language through speaking or immersion, you're doing the right thing. Uh, and it might not feel like you're progressing sometimes, but you're building roots into the ground to allow the plant to sort of grow out later. That's a very important thing. So that's why consistency is key. Just keep at it. As long as you follow our courses or our, at least our methodology or like our, our you know, which is pro not, it's not ours. We didn't invent it really. Um, the idea of c comprehensible input is essentially proven now in thousands of linguistic studies. So it's like, as long as you're doing that, you're making progress. With that, I think we'll leave it today. 
And uh, I hope that was helpful. I had a great time uh, in today's podcast and uh, I hope you found it useful. And uh, get in touch if you if you want at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. If you want to add any messages maybe that get shared on the podcast or if you just have a question, just go ahead and get in touch. We always like hearing from you. So yeah, thanks very much, guys. And I'll see you next month. Bye-bye. That's it for today's episode of the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. Are you ready to take your Chinese to the next level? Join the Mandarin Blueprint Challenge for just $7 and reach basic literacy in just 15 days. Sign up now at mandarinblueprint.com challenge. Also, if you haven't signed up for the Mandarin Insights newsletter yet, you are missing out. Head over to mandarinblueprint.com newsletter to get it in your inbox every two weeks. It's free now and it always will be. And for even more resources to help you acquire Chinese faster, check out mandarinblueprint.com slash resources. Everything on that page is free. Naturally, we love for you to follow us on YouTube and all social media. So head over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button and search Mandarin Blueprint on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and more. Thanks for tuning into the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. See you next time. Xiaozi